It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Pick of the week for this weekend, right here, right now. I've made a lot of money betting against CU, as much as some people in this company hate that. I don't even know how that's possible <laughs> to make a lot. Of, I mean, I can understand winning a bet or two along the way. It's pretty easy to do. You, you So with every CU game, you bet against them and you hammer the under. Yeah, that's true. Because they never score any points. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one where you're just like, you just hope that they don't give up so much. Yeah, that they like, get, don't get blown out that last, bad. Last year, yeah. USC scored like two points extra. And we yep. were so mad about it because we both lost that bet. Yep. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, CU's playing Air Force. They're 17 and a half point favorites. Uh, if you believe in Air Force, you can go get on that bet. The f- under over is set at 50 and a half. So I'm, I'm hammering that under heavily. Uh, I, yeah, with a triple option. Yeah. And then with CU's offense. It, yeah. <laughs> that's a, the 50 and a half seems generous. That, that's the game that ends like 24 to 7. So I'm, I'm going with that for my pick of the week for the weekend. Uh, you know. It's that time of year where you can make ridiculous money on college football if you're good at it, which I'm not, but bet against CU is easy. So that's where we're at. On today's show, we're getting into current players that are headed toward the Hall. We'll talk about a couple like recent retirements too, but players in the NHL that are going to make the Hall of Fame. Look, we've talked a lot on the show about the trajectories of McKinnon, McCarr, even Miko Rantanen. Don't want to get into those guys because if they retired today, I don't think any of them get in. Um, but people that if they retired today would be in the now the, the Hockey Hall of Fame, I should say. Um, there's a bunch of obvious ones that yeah. we, we don't need to talk about. Crosby's in. Rudolph, let's course. start let's start with you, because if you retired today, I think I'd put you in the Hall of Fame. Aww. Which Hall of Fame? The YouTube Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh. I, there's like three people that would go into that total. So? And it wouldn't be me. So it would be Dangle, like Dangle's the hockey in. guy, and then Ruto. I'd like Dangle's in. The hockey guy's in. After and that, Ruto. it's probably like Rob Talks Hockey. You have like Maroki on defense. No. Uh, you These have, are all pretenders. You have that. Melody Martin is the girl who does the saber stuff. Oh, the those songs, the songs that she does, yeah, are adorable. Yeah, I have, I have enjoyed. So there, that, there's like at least five people that go in before me. No, <laughs> and probably like dozens more than that. No, but 
you know, uh, oh, uh, Gravity, he's definitely in before me. No. Uh, Absolutely any- <laughs> not. <laughs> anyway, uh, not not very relevant. We already know. Look, AJ's already in the PHWA. That's basically the Hockey Writer Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> <laughs> Only because only I pay my dues. <laughs> I hope we find out someday that, like, the Hockey Hall of Fame makes the players pay for their plaques. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> anyway. That'd be amazing. Like, just sitting here thinking about that. Com- Here's your plaque, and then it comes with, like, a bill. Mm-hmm. They're like, P.S. The labor was really difficult on this like, particular bust, so. I think the part that hurts is it wouldn't even surprise me if it happened. The NHL for for a long time has been a little bit of a cheapskate league, but yeah, you know, I guess it's the I keep forgetting it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like people get in on international stuff all the time. Yeah, um, there are some people whose cases are purely international. Like basically, the, they're really enhanced by what they accomplish In internationally so on, versus yeah. versus what they've done. I guess domestically in the NHL. Yeah. So chat really wants to talk about the championship DVD at the end of the year. I do miss those sports illustrated commercials. Like the Colorado avalanche have won the Stanley cup. And that means you can get your commemorative plaque and DVD here in your magazine and blah, 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 blah. All you got to do is call this number and 39 99 plus shipping and handling. Order now, and it comes with your replica Stanley Cup ring. Exactly. <laughs> I do miss those. I miss those commercials. And then they have, like, they cut to some random player saying they're going to Disney World. Yeah. So it is a, RK's even got a Stanley Cup shirt on right now. So <laughs> I like the promotion they did. For, I don't know if they've done it at playoffs before where they had Stanley Cup tweets, and they had people who had popular tr- uh, yeah. tweets during the Stanley Cup run. I think they sent plaques. Yeah, Luca from Bar Down got one. I think that's kind of cool. I thought Bolden got one, too. Did he? He might have. Yeah. I, I just happened to watch Bar Down the other day and saw it. it they, he, they like, send him a letter, and it's signed by Stanley. It's, it's pretty <laughs> great. <laughs> um, anyway, Hall of Famers. We're signed, not, by, signed by Mr. Cup. Yeah. Mr. Cup. <laughs> Sir Cup. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to get into the obvious ones. Like I said, Crosby's in, yeah, Kane's like, in, Malkin's like in, Ovechkin, Ovechkin's like, guys, in. Guys like that are really like they're obvious. Dano Chara's obviously yeah. in. Duncan Keith will get in. Um, are there really any goaltenders? Like uh, Lundqvist isn't in yet, but we know he will be. Like it's just a matter of waiting, yeah. right? Like yeah. easy enough. I got. Let's start with goalie because I think it's the quickest position for us to work through. Is Marc Andre Fleury going to get in just because everybody likes him? Yep, he when he gets in on the character clause. He for gets sure. <laughs> he gets in on nice guy and lo, nice you know guy tries hard. Nice guy tries hard exactly. And if he doesn't get in on the vote, like in forty years when they have the people that get together that won't remember that he was backing up for two of those cups, yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, "Well, he won three cups." Well, and the lack of. NHL players being allowed to go to Olympics during this part of his career really shut down some of his opportunities to build an international resume as well. Because he would have been one of the few Canadian Almost certainly wins a gold medal there. Well, and and then the the other guy that he would have been competing with, though, Carey Price. Carey Price. Yeah, but I mean, they're probably both on the team, right? Does Carey Price get in? Is Carey Price... 
I don't think so. Why no? Because when he was at his best, he was one of the very best. I, I don't think that the the best was was long enough, and unfortunately, he played on a not good enough team. So longevity. What in the world? Yeah, that was a little fly bug landed on. I already head. had um, my face is already very uncomfortable today, and I got bugs flying at my eye. <laughs> it's one of those days. I, I just I don't think there's enough longevity there. He has a pretty good international resume because he was successful internationally when he was healthy. And and like I could see an argument there. It might be a little bit hypocritical of me because I think Forsberg absolutely deserved to be in, and his you know peak was very very short. Well, and we've seen the NHL has let so Eric Lindros, Pavel Bure, yeah. Peter Forsberg are all in the Hall of Fame. Despite and I don't think that there's any really good argument to keep them out because they were among the very very best at their peak. Their problem was injuries. Their problem was longevity. And so I think with Carey Price, you're having kind of the same conversation. But it's with a goaltender. And there aren't a lot of guys like that that we just... Yeah, that, there, there isn't that same track record with yeah, goalies, right? Right. Like most there aren't a lot of in. short tenured yeah. goalies in the Hall of Fame. Sure. So Carey Price, I, for me, I think I would lean yes. Because his his best was just so good. And then, I mean, the cup run that they just made, you know, he, obviously it's during the, sh- the COVID short season. And that this might and that. be like, what pushes him over. And, like, yeah. he's not, he wasn't, uh, he didn't have a great regular season. But then you go and you flip the page, Man, you look at the postseason beast, number, and you're yeah. like, golly. Um, the other one. If Vassy retires today, so I think I think Vassy's obviously built that resume already. Um, okay. He's been he he's been a top five Vesna vote getter more years than he hasn't been in his career. Uh, yeah, I put him in. He's got the hardware. He's got cups. Um, believe he has a con a con Smythe. Like, yeah, I think one of them. Yeah, I think. Between Kucherov, Hedman, and Vasilevsky, I can never remember I think who actually. I think it's Hedman and, and Vasilevsky. Is it Hedman and. Yeah. I know I Hed- Hedman definitely has one. Oh, yeah. I don't know. All right. Chat will let us know. Either way, Vasilevsky's got all the hardware that you could really, really ask for a goaltender already. Uh, and you want to talk about a guy that's gotten hurt not being able to play internationally. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Sorry that you have to play. 80 games every year as a goalie. <laughs> it's. I think, I think with Vasi, I think that's an easy, like the answer is yes. Like he's in. Okay. Megan. I was thinking of it because some of the measure for other player skaters is a little bit different, but for goaltenders, I feel like he already has the qualifications that I would set for a goaltender for the hockey hall of fame. And I would have confidence saying it now because the trajectory that he's on, I imagine that there's more accolades in the future for this goaltender. So I, it feels like a safe bet. If you're looking at future path, I think Bassie's really beyond easy in. To put yeah. confidence behind that. <laughs> yeah. What do we think about uh, guys building a case? Are there, are there some guys that are like, is a guy like Connor Hellebuck working on it right now? where he's had a couple of exceptional years and then he's just been pretty good. Like he obviously has the answer would today would be no. 
But is it a good enough start that you know you could see five years down the road? Say he wins another Vesna in the next five <laughs> that, years. That might be and what he's, he means. And yeah. he's 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 very good in the other four. Maybe not Vesna, but like very good. Do we start to have that conversation with him? Multiple Vesnas. Goalie, you know? goalie is so, so tough to get in because I think a lot of it, unfortunately, for the Hall of Fame is still team-based. Sure. Well, and I think that's true of it, it, skaters, of every too. But especially I mean, Jonathan Taines is going to get like, in and Claude Giroux isn't. And as much as we love analytical stuff, there yeah. are still people who put wins and losses on goaltenders and make it matter for the Hall of Fame. I I'm wish like, they didn't, man. I, I really do. But wish. they do. I, re- I really wish wins wasn't a thing that they gave. they assigned goaltenders. I, I'm with you, but it's not the world we live in. Because so. a goalie literally can't win a game on his own. Nah, goalies have scored goals, man. You, no goal <laughs> has ever been scored by a goaltender with another goalie in net. So Yet. Kyrgyz. Market. <laughs> it's happening. It, it would have to be one of those ones like... like uh, the empty net goal that the Avs scored this last postseason, where the goalie was, was caught halfway, halfway out. Yeah, it, some a goalie thinks it's a delayed penalty on the other team. Yeah, it would have yeah. to be. It'd have to be something silly. Um, the Avs have never had a goalie goal at all, for the record. Barra had one in the AHL. Yeah, but he was real excited about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> the flyby on the bench was my favorite part of that. <laughs> that genuinely was super dope to see a goalie take the flyby. <laughs> Um, Megan, I, did you have thoughts on Carey Price? I was curious if where you fall on that one. I am leaning towards yes, just because of the unit of measure for goalies being a little bit trickier than it is for the skaters, and I still think that he could build a strong case. You, just, you don't think he's done forever? Oh, Let's start there. because I, I don't even feel comfortable saying what I think, because I... I don't have a good feeling. Okay. Fair enough. I hate to speak it out loud, you know? Yeah, I, I feel you. Put yeah. that on him. <laughs> Hope for the best. Right. Leave it at that. Uh, all right. I, I think it's really hard to, to go into any. Gibson at this point is probably not getting in given his last few years. He, three years ago, you said he's building a case for it, but now it's really tough. You're going on almost half a decade of the guy not even right. being an average goal. Well, and that's or... that's why it's so hard with goalies because we don't. If Hellebuck posts a nine ten next year, which is what he just posted, the conversation is over, right? Like, I don't think it's over, but it's it's it gets harder. Sure. Like the every every year that you're not a top five goaltender, when you're talking about a Hall of Fame resume. Every year you're not a top five goaltender, it gets harder. Because lots of goalies just don't go in. Yep. It's not like with defensemen and forwards. Like it quick is an interesting one too, because above average career, the postseason play, uh the the success that it, that he had behind really defensively stout teams. I don't think people will care about that. I think they'll look. I mean, they did not give yep. a shit with Martin Brodeur. Yep, that the Devils played the right. That he had the typical trap. He had the easiest him, yeah. job in the league for ten years in, in terms of as a starting goaltender. So a quick, I think quick will be a really interesting litmus test of guy who has hardware, uh, but certainly has the longevity, but. How good was he? This is the... Because the answer was 
pretty good during his prime. Yeah. But was he ever really a, a sustained top five goalie? You know, for me, I, I, I would have a hard time judging that just because I don't. That was during an era where it was like it was like Varley or bust yeah. for the Avs. And yeah. so I just was not as tuned in around the league. Well, and- I'd have to go back and look at numbers and really dig into where he fits in and into yeah. the generation because I do think yeah. Quick will be a really interesting litmus test. Yeah, I uh, the two cups go a long, long way for right because if Carey Price had two cups, this would be an easy. He's in. Yes. He's in. Like for sure. there's, yeah. there's no conversation. Yep. You know, uh, Corey Crawford. Speaking of two cups. Corey Crawford and the guy had above average numbers basically his whole two, his whole career, but again it comes back to was he ever elite? It's it's interesting. That's how I feel about Tuca. Yeah, Tuca is a tough one. Tuca for me is a guy that I've always said yes to because if you go and you look at his career, he almost never had the big down year. He was so good for most of, for like, for the majority of his career. He was so good. And he does have the one Vesna that he stole from Varley. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think Tuca, I would lean closer to yes. And then a guy like Bobrovsky, I would lean towards no. Okay. I don't think Bob's in. Um, I support that. I think Crawford might be out too because you're going to get a little bit of voter burnout because Kane's in, Keith's in. It could be the opposite, though. It could be, hey, let's reward those all-time great teams. Now, he was only on two of those teams and not all three. And the thing is, I think Taves is in. Oh, I said earlier, Taves is going to get in and Claude Giroux's not simply because of team success. Right, and I think it gets hard. Like, I think Taves takes up the, well, this is the team guy spot, and then it gets harder for them to put Crawford in, too. Um, but I think Taves gets in because of the, kind of like with Flurry, everybody wants to put him in. Well, it, you know, it's it. they always sell themselves on, oh, he was the captain. Exactly. And all the, the defensive acumen, yada, 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 yada. I get it. Anyway, let's, yeah. not, let's not go there yet. Let's... Let's move into the defenseman, but before we do that, we are brought to you by Avaca TV. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10. Fair enough argument for quick. I can live with that. You go over there to Avaca TV today. You get TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month after that. So jump on it today. You have the opportunity to get Altitude, AT&T Sportsnet, all the national channels, NFL Red Zone, bunch of movie and TV channels as well through Avaca TV for prices way cheaper than other options like Dish or Comcast. So jump on it today. Go to Avaca TV. Help support us there. In fact, you can even watch us on Avaca TV. The DNVR channel doing is that right now. There. Yeah, straight up. Flip us on the DNVR channel. Uh, we're live, baby. So that's... I don't... Do we have an official date for the, the Nuggets documentary yet? No. At some point, that's dropping on Avaca too. So... You're going to want to check that. I heard they went to Serbia. I've heard about it once or twice. Rumor has it. Um, So check out Avaca. We're also, of course, brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Opening night of the bar. Well, reopening tonight. 
refurbished. Looks dope down there. If you're here locally, come on down. Come have a beer with us. Everyone's going to be hanging out tonight for the opening. You can tell who the adult on the beat is because somebody dressed up and looks great for the opening. <laughs> and then there's us. This was intentional. Rolled out of bed opening. and we're hey, like, oh, those are the first things that I see. I put jeans on, all right? Give me some credit. <laughs> Will they you want stay on? jeans. <laughs> Might, the, might have to cut the legs off. Yeah, we'll that's what I'm, we'll <laughs> what I'm saying. what I'm saying. Go to breckbrew.com if you want to check out all their stuff. They have a bunch of amazing merch uh, beyond just their beer. I am so excited to have a beer and hang out with everybody tonight. There yeah. are macargaritas. Yes. It's I'm, real. All right, I guess we're having some of those tonight, too. <laughs> they're still playing around with what they're going to do to make it unique to Makar. There's some color, like a color change with Curacao that they're working on. No, all you got to do is at the very end, you make the whole margarita, and then you put something on the very top of it. It's just in an eight. That's what I said. Use grenadine syrup. See? It's red. It's easy. easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's quick, and it's easy. Just anyway. The one thing, the one thing that I wish we had, I wish, I wish we had the fish bowls. Oh, I had a I had a friend yeah. I had a friend who was out last night and sent me a picture of his fishbowl and I was like, I wish we had those at the bar. It's gonna be long. I'm a nice person. Have you guys ever seen the buckets? Be a nice person. Have you guys ever seen the buckets? No, I don't think so. So it's literally one like a bucket they use like for sand and making castles, and they just fill it to the top with alcohol. Like you can get them at certain restaurants. Those would be pretty oh, cool. My God. Do they clean the sand out of them first or? They leave a little sand so it feels like at the beach. Yes. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> what a cosplay. <laughs> I guess uh, you get halfway through the bucket and you probably don't notice the sand anymore. So <laughs> You start to hear the ocean. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, defenseman. The, Keith is the absolute lock. Do we want to touch on this greatest goalie thing? I want to do this because Jesse's not here to make the bad argument that Hotchick got lucky. I, he's. I mean, Waz still better. Because I've always been. I've always been of the opinion, Hasek had the better prime, like the better sustained run. Absolute like, peak. Like absolute like, peak. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He had that like four or five year period where it was like, what the? F- what is this? But if you go and you look at Waz's entire career, you're like, holy shit! Dude. It's just ultimate sustained success. This like, is completely nuts. Yep. Actually, and then his playoffs are just stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, what he accomplished in the postseason yeah. is uh, three con smites. <laughs> three con smites. Good God, man. We're going to be laughing about that in, in 10 years when Makar has three. Yeah, right. One down. Uh, Dryden, I think, I think Ken Dryden gets really, really, really overlooked in the GOAT conversation of goalies. I went back, I, I went through like a rabbit hole one night of Ken Dryden's entire career, including all the NCAA records that he set. What the fuck? <laughs> that guy was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I feel like goalies more than any position suffer from era separation, though. Oh, dude. So... It gets really, really tough. Well, and especially because players just didn't play it. Like, yeah, Ken, the, Ken the Dryden retired at like completely different. He like, retired at like 31, 32. And was like, I'm going to go do something else with my life now. Yeah. <laughs> and like now you don't do that. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I just the I think the, the goalie go conversation is really uh, just 
fascinating because there's so many different angles to it and team structure and all that plays a role into it like i'm still crazy about pecorine i feel like he's just wonderful but he wouldn't belong in this conversation but it wouldn't take away from what he did in his career either if he got that cup Pecorino was really good. If he got he that really cup, good, I think he was probably really There's, It's hard to point to something to show for it on a piece of paper that's tangible. But if you watched yeah. him play, he had he it. had the one Vesna. He he had the one Vesna, but it was like I don't know. Pecorino, Pecorino is interesting because he was part of the generation that put the Predators on the map in the NHL. Yeah, I agree. Like Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, Pecorine, uh, Roman Yossi, all kind of, those guys all sort of combined to be like, oh, hey, the Predators are actually to be taken a little bit seriously. Um, so it really, he's an, inter- that's a really good name. I liked Pecorine a lot. Mm. I like UC Soros a lot too. By the way, I, we I, know. We know. I'm just saying. I, he's only got one year. One year as a starter, but if you go and you actually just look at his career numbers, it's like, what the fuck? This guy's just good every year. You you've segued us nicely into the defenseman with Nashville. Uh, Chara in. You segued us with Nashville. Well, I'm, I'm Here's sure, the guy that didn't I'm, play for Nashville. I'm just knocking. Oh, 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 I'm knocking these out before we get I know, there. I just, the way you led into yeah. it, I thought was great. Was Chara great. in uh, Headman in. What's the third Keith in? Keith. Yeah. yeah, those guys are easy. In. I think those are easy locks. I think Drew Doughty's in. Probably in yeah. um, the the hardware, the reputation, yeah. just the fact that. It seems like when the Kings are are bad, he's bad, and when they're good, it's he's good. And I I just think it's a direct result though. He's that good when he's good that the team is better. And then the Nashville guys, one's not in Nashville anymore, obviously, but two very different conversations with Shea Weber and Roman Yossi. Okay. Really, just gonna just blow right through Ryan Suter. I we can we can talk about him, but I. I so don't think he's in. I don't historically, because I think he's the more interesting conversation. Because historically, how do you value a guy that plays a billion a, minutes a night, a top yeah. four role, it really a top two role? But at this stage of his career, it's more like top four. But a top four role for eighteen years. I mean, Adam Foot's not in. Well, he didn't do that. He did for like twelve. So, okay. That's, Would you do you think that Adam Foot was better than Ryan Suter? Yes. Okay, I think that's fair. I think in their primes, I, I would. I think I would I don't agree think with there's you. Any doubt in the but prime? I think Suter. I think Suter's got there's certainly some long, has the longevity, longevity there. for sure. Because Foot continued to play, but he was not any good the last several years of his career. Yeah, I everything after. He went to Columbus, started to go downhill for sure. But yeah, it's um, too bad. Anyway, I think Suter's an interesting guy just because he's not done. You know, uh, we talk about a guy like Shea Weber; he's not going to play again. We have a the book is closed, right? But Suter, I wonder, he's never really won anything. But he's always I, I I would I would say that for the majority of his career, he's been a top fifteen ish defender, right in that range. For a lot of his career, I don't. I, I guess I don't want to say majority without actually going back and looking at all of it. But 
he's been a top-ish defender. How many dudes in the Hall of Fame are you saying have been top-ish? And, well, this is where you kind of do draw that line where you're like, okay, this is where international success would help some of these guys. You're right. Because had Ryan Suter been part of an American generation that won a gold medal or two, would be, I think, well, and- you'd really be talking about it. But never getting that opportunity uh, and then really no accomplishments. But from a defenseman side, this is as close as we're getting to a guy that's a compiler. Yeah, right. Because the whole the title of the show is Patrick Marlowe, which we'll get to. But Patrick Marlowe, a compiler. Ryan Suter, he's a compiler. But defensively, is it easier for a forward to get into the Hall of Fame as a compiler simply because of points? Because you can yes. look at points and say, he scored 1,100 points in his career. What are we doing here? Well, he played for 35 goddamn years. Yeah, I, I do think it's easier. Okay, so... How does a defense can a defenseman that's a compiler get in? Like a like a Ryan Suter. If say Ryan Suter plays four more years and he continues to play, you know, he puts up thirty five or forty points each year, and he continues to play twenty five, twenty two to twenty five minutes a night. How many games played is he at right now? I don't. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but because if he if he starts there. pushing into the like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred game range, I think yeah, he could get in. And Megan, you might have to be the tiebreaker here. I say no. Let's go. But it, I'm going to sell out myself. I just, I'm not familiar enough with him. 1280. To feel passionately about him being in the Hockey Hall of Fame the way that I'm more familiar with a Shea Weber. 1280 and he's got 639 career points. Yeah, so if I, if he can play like the next three, four seasons and stay healthy and that, that point number gets to like 700 some and the game number gets to like 1500, I think it starts being a conversation. Okay. But today, no. And, and I do think, especially in the modern age of the NHL, a player... Like no, Suter. Cronwall should not be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Cronwall's a hard no. That's easy. It's the second time you've asked, so I thought I would just uh, we'll just it, wrap that one up. Suter is not the style of player that pops, right? So, and the reason why I wanted to get into this is because does that set the model for Jacob Slavin? I honestly, where honestly, probably Jacob Slavin, a very, very good and very well respected top defenseman in his career, but more of a defensive guy, puts up enough numbers that he's he's easily a number one on his team and all. But historically, Jacob Slavin, if he has the kind of career, I. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I think just because we haven't seen, you know, if, if Slavin can keep this up well into his 30s, we saw a little bit more of a tail off, especially on the production side from Suter as he started to age. But Suter's production's been fine. It's been fine, but it wasn't like a steady 50 points. Yeah. I mean, huh. it's a, that's a funny line that you drew because he's got... <laughs> He's got seasons of 45, 46, 43, 47, 48. Like, he's like one good week yeah. from that mark. <laughs> well, he's one good week from the Hall of Fame then every year, I guess. I guess, <laughs> I guess yeah. If we're going to have 50 points, be that line of demarcation. Okay, so Ryan Suter goes into the Hall of Very Good. 
Yeah. So okay, he'll be in the USA Hockey Hall of Fame, but, oh, not, but not the should, full hockey. I think hall that's of an fame. easy call. Yeah. Um, okay, so Ryan Suter is a no, but but then a guy like Shea Weber, a guy who won hardware, a guy who at for stretches of his career was among the best of the best of the best, and I think you we could have the Shea Weber conversation ties into the Eric Carlson conversation. It. I, I'll let Megan take take this first. She can go wherever she wants with it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to be the driver of the Shea Weber bus. Of all buses. Who, who are, whose bus are you driving then? Probably Shea Weber a little bit more than Carlson, and it's only an unfortunate result of what has happened with Carlson's career injury-wise. Same could be said for Shea Weber too, but I think it's happened at a later stage. Um, and it's a really tough call. I could make a case for both, um, but I think I'd be more willing to put the backing behind Shea Weber. So... So because we already touched on Dowdy. <laughs> yeah. We said he's in. Yeah. Uh Jay Weber and why I think he could get in is he has an iconic skill. Yeah, being fucking awesome. He's not only is he extremely good, but it, he could go out on the ice ten years from now when Nashville has their old stars game and there'd still be people diving out of the way of his slap shot. Right. He has an absolute bomb that people know and respect. On top of, uh, he was an amazing defenseman, by the way. And I think that's what pushes Shea Weber over. Eric Carlson, despite the unbelievable peak, uh, it put an ad up. Fuck. Look at the hardware that he won. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, the the Olympics helps him a lot. Uh. And well, it's not so. He <laughs> this is a Norris. This is uh, uh, this is a WJC, a world champion, a two Olympic golds, and a uh, the World Cup. Yeah, I, the World Cup doesn't mean a ton to me. And the he's Olympics got a Mem Cup. Though. Yeah, then the junior stuff, sure, whatever. I mean, <laughs> he's a he's a two-time All-Pro, and like a like a like first well, second team All-Pro. The uh, thing is, like, his peak. The, the point I mean, his peak was the peak. Here's the uh, thing: I, it's the peak. I think Ek's peak was higher, but Ek was he's great. He's great. He's great. Oh, he's the best defenseman ever, and then an actual cliff face. Yeah. Well, and then he loses half of his ankle. Yeah. Plays through it in a, the bet in the deepest playoff run that he destroys went in his career, it, basically, and it ruins yeah. the rest of his career. Yep. How much do you punish him, even though he can still play, he's still productive, he can't ever get back to his peak because of all that he put into that one run. That's the decision he made, and sure, but he was still he still had that peak. You he still had the peak you, you, that led yeah, to a team drafting a guy like Kale McCarr in the top you, five because right. they wanted a guy like Garrett Carlson. He changed. The way that teams prioritize those defensemen. And now because of that decision, and because Kale McCarr got drafted and then has been the guy that he is, 
the offensive defenseman has never been more respected in NHL and history, it, in part because of Eric Carlson. And, and it's though. great the impact that he had there, but you don't give a guy credit for oh, the peak he would have had if he didn't get hurt. He didn't need the peak he would have had. He, he had the peak. He was still a two-time Norris winner. I, I didn't realize this, but I was like, I'm driving the Shea Weber bus now, apparently. I can see the argument for Eric Carlson almost equally. Well, not almost equally. I think the almost is doing some heavy lifting. I there. think culturally, <laughs> Carlson's impact is bigger because Sean Barron's well, models. Here we his go. Game. <laughs> After Eric Carlson, there's a reason for that. It's the offensive defenseman and what it did. The generation of offensive defensemen that we're seeing, like Kale McCarr modeling their game after Eric Carlson. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it in real time play out. Uh, I guess you guys probably just put more weight into him defining that role than I do, because I think that well, change I was think coming inevitably Carlson or not. It, it needs to have a face though. And the dudes who, I don't know. Like if you look historically, the guys who actually started doing that stuff first, never get in. There's just some random dude who like, well, really he did this, even though Carlson gets the credit for it. Just want to clarify, it's not that Barons plays like EK, it's that young players like Barons cite EK as being a player they admire. That is coming from the players themselves saying, that's who I model my yeah, game they, after. An entire generation of kids grew up being like, holy fuck, I want to move the puck like Eric Carlson. Exactly. I don't want to go into a corner and, and Krug, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> like, uh, like, like very few people are like, oh, I want to. I want to make a really high IQ play like Ryan Suter and have great stick work. Like nobody's modeling their games after Devon Taves. They're, they're modeling it after Kale McCarr. And before Kale McCarr was Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson was the face of that. Gen he was also the, a, a giant driving force in the rise of the analytics because of what they said about his ability to drive play where it was like, you don't need to be an elite defender if you never play defense. If you move pucks so well into the other end of the ice, you don't need to defend at the same kind of level because you always have the damn puck because you're always playing offense. It changed the way teams prioritize defenders. There are, I would, I would argue right now that there are a lower number of pure defensive defensemen like the 15.6 foot five puts you through the wall type yeah. of dudes in the NHL than ever. I would agree because of the influence of guys like Eric Carlson. Yeah. I look, I do think he had a significant impact in the, on the game. You I, should model your life after. Tom I don't Davis. know if He's it was, he was the first to do it. And I don't Tom know Davis. that I particularly care about that influence. I don't think he's the first. I just think he's the generational defining defenseman. The one who helped change the game into what it is now. And I think that that has a bigger impact than a guy like Shea Weber. And I would put both in the hall of fame. This isn't even me. Like, right. You know, I don't have to pick either or I would just say yes to both. Yeah. I'm a big hall guy. I'm not a super small, really, really, really exclusive Hall of Fame guy. I'm a bigger Hall guy, but I would say, I would say yes to those guys. I would say yes to those I, I guys. I think I'd say yes to Weber. I I would struggle with Carlson, but Ooh. also his career's not over. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm driving two buses now. <laughs> 
Is this? Do they both have to stay over fifty miles per say, hour? I was going to say the third speed movie is going to be really complicated. It's that scene with who is it? Van Damme who's doing the splits between two semis. Yeah, I, I can't even say sequel because they made a speed sequel. Oh, oh my it was God. on a cruise ship. No, no. <laughs> this boat has to go for faster than twenty. I knots. literally don't remember anything <laughs> other than that. Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Uh, we do have to move a little bit quicker here, but a couple other names that need to be talked about on the defensive side: Chris Letang, Roman Yosi. So Roman Yosi building it, Chris Letang. I think if you if you're gonna say, I think if you're if you're gonna say yes to Chris Letang today, you'll say yes to Chris Letang tomorrow. Outside of him winning a Norris, which I don't think he has in him. Nope. Not not at this point. I don't think it's happening. Outside of him winning another Nora, uh, a, a Norris or a Con Smythe, I don't know that. Because your biggest selling point is that he was part of the three cups with Malkin and Crosby. It, he was like the third guy it, with those three musketeers. He was that third musketeer. Does he get in solely because of that? Is that enough? While recognizing Crystal Tang, Crystal Tang has been great. He's had a great career, and every player who gets drafted in the NHL would cut a bitch to have his career. I there's no way I can say yes to Crystal Tang and not say yes to Eric Carlson. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Starting to turn into a small hall guy. Here. I am. I am. <laughs> it's happening right in front of me. So this is where you balance the. You know, for Jonathan Taves, I think. The two of us certainly would say no. I would definitely. I would not no. put him in the definitely hall of fame. I don't know no how you for feel me about it. I'm not that passionate about a yes, <laughs> but I haven't sat with it long enough. I I would still lean towards no though. Can go ahead and pencil you down for no. But, but I'm looking at the compiler argument, and with someone like Chris Letang, I don't know how much hockey is left in him. Um, <laughs> well, the, the Pens just signed him to a contract that believes the, they've got. Uh, that's he's, what I'm he's, saying. So it's like, right, they, they seem to think he's got to some. Yeah. For Taves, there are some health issues that I just don't see that as strongly yeah. for him, which makes me lean towards no even more. That I think his hockey's kind of behind him. Yeah. 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 I would agree. Uh, there's not really any other interesting names. Yossi's a, a no for me well, right now. Yeah, Yossi's the guy that's still building that case. Yeah, he's I got he's got some. That's time. that's where him losing this Norris Norris to Makar could really hurt that legacy because now you're talking about multiple Norris wins for Roman Yossi if he wins that. Yeah, and that's tough to you start to build you you put that hardware up there and you're like, it wasn't like he was a top five defenseman. He won the Norris. Which is hard to do. Only one guy gets to win it every year. So winning it is a really big deal. Winning it multiple times, you're a very, very, very special player. So I think Roman Yossi, I, Roman Yossi, I think we'll see how the next five years go. As of right now, I would probably say no. But if he stays at the level he, that he was at last year, holy smokes. Yeah, I, there's a world where he ends up with like 1,000 games and 700, 800 points. And then, yeah. then you're like, okay. But... Right now, I don't think so. I don't think anyone else on this list is really that close. Yandel's not getting in. Uh, Carlson's probably not in. Yeah, John either. Carlson's a no for me. Has John Carlson ever ever had an extended run as a top ten NHL defenseman? He had that one year where he was like, "This guy could win the Norris." This and then, is why I'm saying an extended yeah, run. Yeah, because um, that's that's one where you're like, that's that's one where you're like, he's. 
he's always kind of been there. Yeah. Kind of like a more offensively oriented Ryan Suter. He's all like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's just been there forever, but is he that next level? I think, I think the answer would be no on John Carlson too. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> it's funny. Carlson and Suter both going to go into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame, though. Oh, yeah. Definitely locks. You could throw a same guy in that same category, Joe Pavelski. Um, Are we good on D? Are we, yeah. And, like, we all think Kiel McCarr is going to be there. But he's going to make that you, case. It's just too early to put him in. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I've said before, if, you, if, he, if he got into a car accident tomorrow and he couldn't play hockey for the rest of his life... I think that you could have a, a genuine conversation where three years in the NHL, he wins a Norris, he has a second place vote, or he finishes second place one year. Uh, he has a top 10 finish his rookie year in which he wins the Calder, and he has a Con Smythe. Combine that with the international success where he did win a gold medal as, uh, with WJCs. He does have a Hobie Baker. I think you could make an argument that Kale McCarr is... A, did enough if something traumatic were to happen, did enough in such a short period of time that you could say you could put him in. He would be the ultimate, I think he'd be the ultimate litmus test for elite run, like an elite run of play. So, uh, I, I wouldn't put him in, but apparently I'm the small hall guy. So, Megan, you continue to be the tiebreaker. This here. is Kale McCarr, yeah. yeah, as of today. If yeah. he like was paralyzed today, yeah. It's not going to happen. All right. I mean, we sure hope. Better not. We have no control over that. And not does, even for a hockey so. reason, just for his own personal. Yeah, straight up. I'd say no, but I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> okay. Garbage. Soft. Both uh, of you soft. <laughs> On that note, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. You can go get yours today at Athletic Greens dot com slash avalanche when you go over there you get your I, what do you do you call it a powder I, what's it, it is, is a, it a supplement i don't know what no it's a power it. pack a power well you oh. can, the power packs are the the no, travel it's a, ones it's a power pack that helps you make a power pose after you've consumed it oh my okay? god ah, that's what i've been doing wrong <laughs> no power posing. no power posing it's it's great for you it's one scoop in your cup of water every morning it's got 75 different vitamins minerals a bunch of other probiotics and adaptogens and things like that people use it for their immune system they use it as for pre-workout routines they use it for just Feeling good every single day. So it's a great hangover cure, by the way. Since if y'all are coming to the bar tonight, I'm just saying. Just kidding. Dude, you just got to get the uh, you just gotta get the IV for that. <laughs> the, the IVs are so expensive, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, with Athletic Greens, though, it's, it's super easy to use every day. A bunch of athletes use it in their daily routines as well. So you can take control of your health. Again, go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. To order yours today, and when you order, it comes with a year's supply of vitamin D just for ordering. So, great stuff all the way around. We're also brought to you by Pins and Aces, our new official DNVR golf apparel. Uh, you can jump on that, get it right now. I, I the, great to great to load up on Pins and Aces gear for one of our golf tournaments. Yeah. Which are quite popular. They they do really well. I'd like. Yeah. I, I love our golf tournaments. I wish I could go to more of them, but I know you've participated in a couple. You went to one of them. I just drove around in a golf cart. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I love it. Really. 
You didn't you didn't even like take somebody's club and like take a practice swing or two? Like, I don't think I was trusted. I asked a few people, hey, can I? I don't think I was trusted. <laughs> Megan has developed the reputation of hiding knives <laughs> and now is not trustworthy with a golf club. No one would say it directly right. to my face. I think they were scared. All right. All right, it's okay. I'll let you swing my lefty clubs. It'll be it'll be fine. Oh my god, that sounds awful. <laughs> I can't even. I can't. The physics of that. It's I, so brutal for me. I, yeah, like to go righty, it's impossible. I I bowled left-handed one night just to see if I could. Uh, and it's not like I'm like a world-class bowler with my right hand, <laughs> but I did it with my left hand, and all my steps were all backwards. <laughs> And it was the weirdest thing. I put up like a 160 bowling left-handed. I'd never done it before. Everything was broken. And I was like, should I just switch? <laughs> Am I just a lefty? Yeah. yeah, I was. I mean, it, I had a better score that night left-handed than I did right-handed. And it made no sense to me. I've known people who play sports with the non-dominant hand. Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up playing baseball. Plenty of kids would throw left, hit right. So um, anyway. Go check out Pins and Aces, pinsandaces.com. When you use code DNVR, you get 15% off your order and free shipping. Uh, they're, they're awesome. They have a bunch of amazing golf merch. Highly recommend. Uh, shout out the golf bros, too. Go, go follow Big Drive Energy on Twitter. Our golf guys are, are dope. They're uh, a lot of fun. Their TikTok they're is actually what you should follow. Yeah. Their TikTok is amazing. Um, Phil Kessel is not getting in. Moving on. Yep. No for me. Sorry. So the forward side, there's a lot of lot of good conversations. Obviously, we before, put Marlowe. Before we in the get title, into modern but... guys, Pierre Turgeon, Alexander McGillney, put them both in absolutely the should hall. be in. There's no put them yeah. both in the hall right now. Yep, you could put Pierre Turgeon in any day, and everyone would just go, "Yeah, okay, cool." Somebody would somebody would be like, "Oh, the old guy, why are we gonna put that guy?" And then you go back and you look at his career, and you're like. <laughs> Holy shit. That guy could play. Um, it's funny to hear all the guys tell, uh, all the beer leaguers in Denver tell the stories about seeing Pierre Turgeon where he'll just mess around. Like, JJ's told yeah. the story where Pierre Turgeon likes to shoot at his mask just for fun. Yep. Not hard. Like, he'll, you know, he'll, like, wrap it around and toss it up. And just flip him in one the face up there. Yep. Yeah. Just to make him mad. So, Vincent Nampus, no. Uh, I don't want to get into too many old guys. Yeah. Uh, those were the two guys that really stood out to me as it, those are the clear snubs. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But you I should, you should take that. I, I already know AJ's take here. So I want to start with Megan on Patrick Marlowe and, and the accumulator debate as a whole, because Patrick Marlowe is the epitome of, he is the accumulator. He has the most games played ever in NHL history. That's the compiler of all compilers. Because of how we've used compiler earlier for other players, I feel like I have to say yes based on how we applied it earlier. Let me. <laughs> that's let me a, just, that's let, such a reluctant yes. Let me hold on. And <laughs> I actually really like Patrick Marlowe, the human being. So this is not a yes. I want to be. He's got the reluctant. daddest face that yeah, ever dad. He's he was big just a dad terrific for sure. Human being, the leadership that he brought to Sharks. It's. I was just going to say, though, I don't know off the top of my head what his hardware looks like. It's not much. Not a lot. WJCs, what are we working with? <laughs> All right. You're going to make me look it up. But No, it's really the big selling point, I think, with Marlowe is the game's played. And it's a weird thing to put a guy in to the Hall of Fame because of that. 
just I don't think that's that weird. When you're the best, like when you have the most ever of a stat. Yeah, and the last oh. couple of years, the last couple of years, he kept getting jobs because the team wasn't trying to be competitive. <laughs> He's two gold medals. That's pretty good. So he... Uh, They're up on the screen, by the way, Thank you. You got to go to quant hockey. That's the way I know how to look at it. Played in three All-Star games. Uh, How many years was he in the league? Like 18 or something. More than that. No, it had to be more than yeah, that. It must be like, like 22. 21, 22, 23. 23. Interesting. 97 to 21. Oh, actually, will you stay on those points totals? Yeah. Um, I'm curious what his last few seasons look like. Yeah, that that last season is really brutal, but Weird. everything before that's okay. Yeah, those twenty and thirty point seasons. I mean, that's really great like, stuff. You're still an NHLer if you're putting up those type of seasons. Nine points in fifty six games, not so much. Interesting. It's harder, yes, still. I, I it's a yes for me. So you know how many times he received heart votes in his career? Not even like won the heart or was a finalist, but how many times he appeared on a heart ballot in his career? Nope. Five times. Well, that's more than I thought. And that is a, he finished 23rd. Sure. 26th. Not relevant. 17th, 21st. And he peaked. He peaked. At nine. Again, this isn't about his ultimate skill level. This isn't is that a, not what the Hall of Fame should be? It's showcasing com- the it's, best it's, of the best, not the guys yeah, long on the long. And he's the long. He's the best of the best at longevity. That's. He's no one has ever played more games in the NHL than this yeah, guy. His willingness to stick around. When he stopped being an effect, an overly effective NHL player is why he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's the argument that we're making here. That's the argument. We're making the argument that a guy managed to keep himself in NHL shape for 21 years. So he was. now we're saying a guy goes in the Hall of Fame because he was in great shape? Yeah, look, if he wasn't a good enough player to stick in the NHL for that long, teams wouldn't have signed him. It's not like he's some bum who if just the, played eighteen hundred NHL games. If the Sharks, if the Sharks were trying at the at the end, if they were competitive, would he have gotten an NHL job and broken the record? Maybe I don't know. Also, I don't think it matters. The fact that he broke seventeen hundred <laughs> NHL games, he was in for me. Like, dude, that's an insane amount of hockey. Yeah, availability is fine, but you're talking about the Hall of Fame. It, it, well, the Hall of Fame, where the people who shape the sport go. You also so the guy who hung around the longest gets to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because he was a fine top six it's player. Not like, well, it's not like he's a bum either. He had twelve hundred some points, and I get it. He was around forever, so he had more time to get points. Yeah, he still scored the points though. Yeah, and at no point, at no point was he ever a a top player though. He does, yeah. Oh darn! You're not a top player, but you played 1,700 NHL games. I guess you're a bum. I'm not even saying he's a bum. I'm saying he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because of games played. Yes, he should. You should. If you top a statistic, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Full stop. 
<laughs> Even plus minus. So you get to you get to just decide that you 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 don't even have to be that good to get in the Hall of Fame. So you, the small I, hall guy like I, who's keeping out you're completely generational <laughs> talents so Patrick Marlowe can get into the you Hall know of how, Fame. Uh, you're way, how impossible it is to play that many games. You're undervaluing this so much and, and casually ignoring all of his other statistics, which are all very impressive. Yeah, like scoring 566 goals in the NHL. Like you score 500 goals, you probably should be in the, in the Hall of Fame. That's one of those mark. It's like when you, it, it's like in baseball, you hit, you, you, you get, get three thousand hits. You're in, you're like, in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. But that's if a guy takes twice as long to do it. All right, Megan. Mom and dad are fighting, and you have to solve it. <laughs> I think there needs to be a new hockey vibes Hall of Fame. <laughs> Phil this Kessel, Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury, and Marlowe. Easy. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> On vibes. This to me, this to me is like if Nazem Kadri played till he was forty-five years old, you'd put him in the Hall of Fame. If he had the statistics, yeah, and good vibes. If if Nazem Kadri played and had played played from now until he was forty-five years old, and he was the average fifty-point guy that he has oh, yeah, been the majority be of his career, he'd be in. And then obviously the last couple of years he like he has the fall off. That was his yeah. But his his average, you know, he's more or less a 50 point guy. Yeah, assuming he gets to something like 1500 games and over 1000 points, yeah, he's in. Okay, so you think that longevity is more important than greatness. You think that longevity is greatness. Yeah, so again, uh, I should say you think that longevity is its own greatness, not replacing correct. Greatness. And and I believe sustain sustainability is important. It's kind of the conversation of why I struggle with EK because I I'm not arguing that his peak wasn't unbelievable, but it was so short. So this is where I think we we've developed a fundamental difference on how we value the Hall of Fame is that you want a guy to be able to do it for a long time and I want the guys I want my Hall of Fame to be the guys who are the absolute best at and, it, and I don't worry as much about longevity. So I will I, obviously I take it into consideration. I take it into account. Maybe, but the fact that I said that I would put Kale McCarr in the Hall of Fame right now, yeah, tells you that. And maybe the greatest to do it. The, the I'm I'm more <laughs> concerned with the guys who are at the absolute tip top of the game. Uh, and I, so I guess my bias and might be for me, Marlo was just never that guy. I, I don't think he was ever like a tip top guy of the game too, but the longevity just means more to me. And, and on the shorter term side, maybe I, my bias is that if you're that short term of greatness, I want you to be Peter Forsberg. I want you to be arguably at his peak, a top five all time player. Yeah, well, I think that's why Forsberg's in. That's why Lindros is right. in. That's why Bure is in. And, and, because you had three guys who were the absolute peak of and, what they were capable and, of. And if you don't have sustainability, you need that level of greatness for me to get in. And every but year of sustainability, it lowers that bar a little bit for you, I think. I guess I really struggle with a guy who was never considered really a top 10 player. Maybe even I, a top 15 or top 20 player. Was he ever even the best player on his own team? Probably for a year or two in there. Because he was there with with Joe Thornton, who we haven't even mentioned. He's but a, it's an he's, easy he's yes. the innest of in. An yeah. easy <laughs> yes. 
because that's longevity and excellence yeah. at the tip like top of the game. I should drive the conversation too is players who embody both these two things. Well, those are see they're not interesting to talk about because those are easy yeses. Joe Thornton is fucking incredible. He had an amazing career. Is one of the absolute best playmakers in NHL history. And I think that that one's too easy. So if you want an interesting conversation, what about Nick Backstrom? Yeah, that's that's where things Because that's a guy that I had previously said, for me, was a yes. Because he's been a point-per-game guy for 900 games. He's a point-per-game guy. That's crazy to me. But now he's got injuries that may I think either, either end his career or greatly reduce his effectiveness as a player. Is what he's done, uh, Is uh, has he done enough? I think the answer is yes. He broke the 1,000-point barrier, which is huge. Um, you know, he's one of the greatest assist guys of all time. His international stuff, he's got two Team Sweden World Championships. He's got a silver medal at the Olympics. Obviously, the cup for Washington is huge for him. Um. I, I would still say yes to Backstrom. Just for comparison's sake, Patrick Marlowe's first thousand games or so, seven seven hundred and sixty six points yeah. in one thousand thirty five games, and that's the balance of Backstrom is a significantly greater player in that time frame. That's basically Gabe Landeskog, but Backstrom isn't going to play another seven hundred games in his career. Yeah, I I would say yes to Backstrom. I. And and if Landy plays another, you know, ten seasons, I'd probably say yes to Landy too. I don't even care what the question is, I'll always say yes to Landy. <laughs> <laughs> um Megan, there so we can kind of expand this. There's there's a conversation here yeah, in this the, section. The Nick's back Nick Backstrom conversation is so much easier than I thought it even was. There it's you go. easy. Yeah, he okay. is the shit. By the way, so yes. <laughs> I, also easy, Bergeron. I had him at the top of my list. So I, like I think it's easy. okay. I think with the 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 Guy Carbonos getting in, that opened up uh, an an easy road for defensively excellent guys to get in. My concern with letting a guy like Bergeron in is, does that open it up for Ryan O'Reilly? Probably, because if you're going to try and tell me that Ryan O'Reilly's in the Hall of Fame. I'm about to break this whole fucking set. I mean, he's not in today. If he retired today, he wouldn't be in for sure. But um, if he plays till Bergeron's age, if he plays to 36, yeah, that's, 37, that's 38. that's where it gets tough. Right. Like, he still put up a 65-point season last year. Oh, God. Fucking kill me. Bergeron did. So that's you have to, Ryan O'Reilly would have to play to that level okay. at a later age. So if Bergeron's in, Kopitar's in. Kopitar was the other one on my list. Absolutely, okay. yes. Okay. Why well, also... Megan's about the defensive forwards. <laughs> Got it. That's that's also like Cups, Selkies. Uh, he had the oh, one year where he almost won the heart. Yeah. Um, when Taylor Hall stole it from McKinnon. Lady uh, Bing. Like, he's been... And, and no chance at international success because he's the only player from... Slovenia, if I recall. The only one with significant games. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, you look at Slovenian hockey history, and it's like Andrzej Kopitar. And that's end of list. Yep. 
He's uh, another one similar to Bergeron, too, who is still playing really well. Yeah, both of them have had. Those are the guys that we need to stick around to keep O'Reilly from getting the sell he's required <laughs> to get in. Just play three unless, more years. Unless Marlowe. O'Reilly is, <laughs> it is. Unless O'Reilly is going to leave St. Louis and come back to Colorado, then he can win. Oh, himself. my God. Here we go. What a homer. <laughs> the look on that face right there I was I hate it as much as I'm going to hate other things. <laughs> But I wouldn't be driving the O'Reilly bus. Uh, Stamkos easy in? For for me, it's yes. But I've always loved Steven Stamkos. Me too. I think I think so. He's over a point per game. He's yeah. going to break 1,000 points and this I, year. I think the one thing is that he'll get credit for a postseason run that, that he, he was not. literally three minutes yeah, in. Yeah, that he was not part of. So <laughs> Scored a goal, though. It was pretty impressive, man. <laughs> Goals for 60 off the charts that year. Uh, so that one, after that, it really gets hard after that. Then you start talking about Claude Giroux. No. Uh, Corey Perry. No. The Trader. <laughs> What's he won? <laughs> nothing. That's goddamn right it's nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's that's kind of end of list. Uh, you have Kucherov down the way with less well, games Well, like played, you get but... into the guys that you think will probably be in someday, uh, McDavid, Drysaitel, but they're not uh, yes. they're not there yet. Yeah, really, those guys. It's but... tough because of not having won anything, but still being the best at their position. Yeah, I... If Nathan McKinnon never wins a heart, but he continues to be you know a ninety-ish point player, or whatever, we're comfortable saying that. Yeah. Yeah. If he has five more like truly elite years, we're we're good with putting him I, in the hall. Honestly, I even if he never wins yeah. any more hardware, I think I'd probably put McDavid in today. He was someone I had on my oh, list I, I with yeah. possibility for yes because yeah. of like what he's, he's done. Yeah, it's the, especially already. these last couple seasons. Like, yeah, well, it's like how many Art Ross does he already have? How many hearts <laughs> right, does he already have? Right. Like he's won all the hard Like that's where that's one where you're like, oh well, his team success is now being held against him so yeah no perry's not perry's not going in um i don't think he is what do you have to say about what do you want to say about ovechkin it's an easy yes like come on yeah there's nothing to talk about we talked about we we talked about moving moving past those guys because there was nothing so oh oh Sidney crosby gonna be in the hall of fame guys like come on just kidding i'm sorry of of course (laughs) (laughs) if those guys aren't in your hall of fame you don't have the real hall of fame who knows i mean like those are those aren't guys who are just in your Hall of Fame. Those are guys who have wings. Yep. In it. Yep. Like Alex Ovechkin should have a full blown exhibit of he, his he own. He gets the whole goal scorer wing. Like. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be him. It when, needs to be Kreski. It needs to be Bossy. When Austin Matthews retires, he retires into the Ovechkin wing. Yeah. Like <laughs> straight up. Like absolutely. We we literally Joe Thornton. We just just mentioned yeah. him. Easy, absolutely. Easy yes. hard yes. Somebody mentioned uh, somebody mentioned Ryan Getzlaff. I think that's a tough he's, one for he's me. A, he's the super borderline he guy. He is right yeah. on the edge for me where the, the high end was absolutely there. He played for a long time. He has hardware. Um, not a lot of hardware, but some hardware. If he keeps playing, he's a yes. For Rudo, at least. I, he said he was retiring. Aww. so He's done. Yeah, uh, a thousand points in eleven hundred and fifty games. Yeah, I think he's. I think I'm probably a yes on him. I, it feels like if I'm a, such a yes on Backstrom, I have to be yes. I'm 
I'm such a get sucker for the guys that are assist ballers. <laughs> it's funny because people will be like, oh, well, secondary assists are noise. And you're like, yeah, well, a guy that picks up 65 assists per year. Yeah. He might just be good at this. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably in, especially because he gets the captaincy yeah, bump. Are they waiting on us? Okay, let's get out of here. Yeah, it, we've, we've ran way over time at this point, so we are going to get out of here. We appreciate all of y'all. We hope you enjoyed the Hall of Fame conversation. Uh, we are off for the weekend, but the bar is open. So yes, I'm Malkin. Come on down. Yeah, Malkin's in. Uh, we will be back next week with a whole bunch of different stuff. We want to have our our culture conversation, <laughs> but also Av's rookie camp starts next week. Yeah, so. We're back at the rink next week. Thursday is day Which one. Which is both yeah. exciting and I'm just not ready. I this one one more week. I really would have could have used one more the, week. The Labor Day weekend, I was like, okay. I'm 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 ready. Like but. I'll admit uh, going through my new the TV service that we just got at the house, and I saw that one of the categories is uh, AHL, OHL, WHL, QMJHL. I was like, I think I'm ready for that. Yeah. And then I started watching minor league baseball. So no, that sounds about right. The, look, man, the Rockies system is all of a sudden flush with dudes <laughs> that I am interested in. They have so many like 18, 19, 20 year old guys that I can dream on that I'm like, I'm gonna watch high a baseball for the next three weeks conversation for a different pod we love you we're out of here